The content found on thebestdayever.com from David Wolf and New Horizon Health, Inc. is for informational purposes only and is in no way intended as medical advice, as a substitute for medical counseling, or as treatment cure for any disease or health condition, and nor should it be construed as such because that would be illegal. Always work with a qualified health professional before making any changes to your diet, supplement use, prescription drug use, lifestyle, or exercise activities. Please understand that you assume all risks from the use, non-use, or misuse of this information. All right, welcome everyone. This is your host, Lucian Gothier, and I'm here with David Avocado-Wolf. And we're here today to talk about a pretty controversial subject. It's certainly something that's getting a ton of attention, whether you live in warm, sunny climates or cold, icy climates. People are considering and talking about different ways to get vitamin D3. So Dave, thank you so much for coming on the show. Fantastic. Great to be here. And what an incredible subject. The more and more that I dig into the subject, the more important that it seems to be. And I think this is probably one of the greatest health discoveries of all time, actually. The discovery of of the D vitamins and the importance of their effects on metabolism. And Dave, I know a lot of people hear about vitamin D3. Oh, you need to get your vitamin D3. And then there's tons of vitamin D3 supplements out there. A lot of people just hear the term vitamin D. So let's break it down for people who maybe don't have clarity on the different types of vitamin Ds. Why is it vitamin D3? And why is that one the most important one? And should we be looking at the other vitamin Ds? Or do we just want to hone in on the D3? Great question. First of all, there's five Ds. So there's five vitamin Ds. There's vitamin D1, D2, D3, D4, and D5. Of those, vitamin D2 and D3 have been shown to be effective in human metabolism for the effects that we get from the sun. Now, that's really what vitamin D is about. It's it's cholesterol that's converted through a reaction with the sun in our skin into vitamin D3. And that's really an incredible discovery. Now, is there a difference between vitamin D3 and vitamin D2? And the answer is, yes, there is a difference, but there has never really been any real strong science that says that vitamin D3 is better than vitamin D2. However, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence that is piled up that indicates that vitamin D3 is more important than vitamin D2, hence the production of more vitamin D3 supplements than vitamin D2 supplements. And actually what we're talking about here today is uh, really an amazing discovery that vitamin D3 is not only present in the lanolin, which is combed off of sheep, and in order to get the D3 supplements you see in the market today, almost all of those come from sheep. It can actually be derived from lichen. And interestingly, there's a new product out, which is the lichen-derived vitamin D3. So it's derived from an algae mushroom complex. That's what a lichen is. A lichen is a thing that grows on a rock. It grows on bark of trees. That's an independent organism. It's a vitamin D3, so it can actually fulfill the exact vitamin D3 needs that the body would produce from the sun. That's really interesting. And I don't know if you remember this, but a while back, maybe three or four years ago, we did a video with you. You were in the woods, I think up in your house in Canada, and you were picking, I think it was lichen off a rock and talking about how a lot of woodsmen and travelers would actually eat that for calories. Yeah, that was rock tripe, actually. It's one of my favorite foods in the world. It contains about 80 minerals. It's literally a seaweed. It's literally a seaweed that lives in the atmosphere instead of in the ocean. 
and it's a lichen. So you did, you picked that out correctly. And there are thousands of different types of lichens and actually about 50% of lichens for those folks who are into permaculture and growing trees are nitrogen fixers, which means they pioneer environments. They start to take nitrogen out of the air and drive it into the rocks and into the soil so that plants have a better chance of making it. And Dave, let's talk about one of the things that people are most interested in hearing about, which is how much time do they need to spend in the sun? If they're living in a climate where they don't get any sunshine, do they have to supplement with D3? Let's talk about how, how we get it, um, sunlight versus living in a place that doesn't have a lot of sunlight. How do you balance those? If you live in California, for example, are you going to be taking D3? Or is that just like someone for, like me living in Appleton, Wisconsin? I haven't seen the sun in four months. Well, it's it's increasingly prevalent that because of indoor working environments, we are not getting enough vitamin D3 in almost every ecosystem in North America. Now, definitely there's a strong correlation of vitamin D3 deficiency and latitude. That's been noted for some time. So the higher you are up, let's say you're in Appleton, Wisconsin, or you're over the border in Canada, you're much more likely to be in the danger zone of too low of D3. About... 30 minutes of full body naked exposure to the sun is going to produce around 10 to 20,000 IUs of vitamin D3. So I'm going to say that again. Listen closely. About 30 minutes of full naked body exposure to the sun is going to produce about 10 to 20,000 IUs of vitamin D3. It's very rare that any of us gets full body naked exposure for 30 minutes to the sun at any latitude, which is going to give us more than sufficient amounts of vitamin D3 because we really are looking at about 5,000 IUs of vitamin D3 as being more than sufficient for almost everybody unless we're in a serious situation where we're extremely vitamin D3 deficient. We've got um, derivative problems, you know, that have come, you know, for example, MS. There's an MS connection, multiple sclerosis connection. There's a breast cancer connection. Um, there's obviously a connection with rickets and uh, osteo osteoporosis at a young age and vitamin D3. So unless we're dealing with one of those problems, 5,000 IUs is enough. So, you know, what I'm saying is, is maybe even 15 minutes full body naked exposure is going to get you that 5,000 IUs a day. And that's still difficult to do. And Dave, previously you had mentioned uh, the word cholesterol with vitamin D3, which kind of brings up the hormone connection because I know cholesterol is related to hormones and hormone production. What is the connection between vitamin D3 and our hormones? And vitamin D3 is actually a steroid hormone. It's not actually a vitamin and it doesn't need to be provided for nutritionally, which is interesting because you can get it from the sun. As long as you have enough significant amount of cholesterol in your body, then you can convert that cholesterol over and eventually into D3. Now, there's a couple of things that come up about that. One is cholesterol in general. If you're too low in cholesterol, then you may not be producing enough vitamin D3. Now, this is this can come from several areas. One is if, let's say, for example, somebody's been a vegan for a long period of time and they have very low cholesterol, they've been tested to have low cholesterol, they might actually have low vitamin D3 because they can't form it because of the low cholesterol levels. Um, this is one of the reasons why I think the yogis got onto ghee. I really think that this is this is the thing about ghee that's really interesting, which is it's got a huge amount of cholesterol in it and the right kind of cholesterol so you can produce hormones from it. So it's kind of a, like a very – it's kind of a rarefied and unique type of food product because it's just providing that – 
that really that key thing that's missing in vegan diets in the long term. Not for everybody, but some people will actually develop too low a cholesterol. Now, there's another issue that comes up, and that is cholesterol-lowering drugs like statins are actually lowering the body's ability to produce vitamin D3. And I know that from doctors. I've had doctors tell me that. When they start measuring people who've been on statins, they always have low vitamin D3. And the correlation that's been developed is this this cholesterol versus versus D3. If you don't have enough cholesterol in your body because those statins lower the cholesterol and you're not going to be able to then produce enough vitamin D3. That's a really interesting correlation. And th- today on the BBC, actually, there's a these articles are coming out nonstop, but today in the BBC, they had an article about the dangers of statin drugs, and that was one of the issues that had come up. Um, I also think about people who live maybe in tropical climates. Let's say they live in either Australia or maybe even we were recently in Hawaii, and they get on an all-fruit diet without any cholesterol-building foods. They might be getting plenty of sunlight, but maybe their cholesterol intake, they're not eating any fats. They're just on like a fruit, fruitarian-type diet. Could that be causing some problems between the cholesterol and vitamin D3 connection as well? Yes, it could. Absolutely. It takes a while to really develop too low a cholesterol. Most of us grew up in an environment where we were having too much cholesterol in our diet. It was like meat and cheese every meal or at least two meals a day right. or two, you know, that those two food groups were in there in great overabundance, actually. And it takes a while for those cholesterol levels to actually get to a point of being normalized and then eventually getting to be too low. So let's say somebody immediately switches from what they were doing, you know, the kind of the standard American diet or high meat and dairy kind of diet, and then goes to like eating fruit and fun in the sun, there's going to be a tremendous health benefit for sure. But eventually in the long term, there's there's going to be troubles because the cholesterol could be too low, vitamin D3 could be too low and this has also been something that's that's coming up in in terms of like depending on your metabolism as well. For example, darker skin people need to actually be in the sun longer to produce more vitamin D3. So there's metabolism issues that come in and, and, you know, so if you're, if you're dark skinned, you're going to actually need to be in the sun longer. Anyway, because of the overall issues with getting enough sunlight due to work and work environments, work schedules, et cetera, what has been developed over the last 50, 60 years is vitamin D supplements. And those have been in two categories. Again, vitamin D2, which are usually mushroom derived. You can get vitamin D2 from properly dried, sun dried, actually medicinal mushrooms like sun dried reishi, sun dried shaga. If you pick it yourself and dry it in the sun, you make a tea out of it. You will get some vitamin D2 out of that. And there are, for example, shiataki derived vitamin D2 supplements, which are, which are great, but they're not really what the folks want. And it's not really where the kind of the anecdotal evidence is going, as I mentioned before. So that led to the vitamin D3 supplement, which again, falls into two different types of categories. One is animal derived, which, you know, a lot of vegans are like, we don't want to do animal derived stuff. Or even, you know, most people now are going, Hey, you know, if we can get it from plants, let's do that. And that's led to this lichen derived vitamin D3, which is really a breakthrough. And traditionally, these types of products were made, as you mentioned, from sheep's wool. So this is a great vegetarian option for people who don't want to use an animal-based D3 supplement. This is a great veggie-based D3 supplement. That's right. And and what an amazing what an amazing time that we live in that we can actually have high potency, natural sourced, vegan friendly D3. 
And that's really what the Veggie D3 product is is bringing forward, the Rejuvenation Sciences product. That's the product that's on Longevity Warehouse, which I take every day, and I've been really, really enjoying it. I've been taking it, by the way, because it's an oil. I've been taking it with other oils. So I've been taking it with DHA. I've been taking it with Coenzyme Q10 in in the oil form. And then I've also been taking that with Mega Hydrate, you know, my normal kind of protocol for taking oils. And then I take actually a little bit of EstroGuard with that too, because the EstroGuard is activated by oils. So I'll do all of those together. And sometimes, especially when I'm on the road, that's my breakfast. And for someone who's had their D3 measured, then they can get a clear reading on, I need to take D3 supplementation or I don't. But for someone who maybe hasn't gotten tested yet or they're not really interested in getting some D3 tests in the near future, is there any sort of barometer that you could uh, judge whether you need D3, like the way you're feeling or maybe you're, you're experiencing certain things and that's kind of like your atypical D3 uh, deficiency? Anything that someone could kind of say, you know what, this is, this is a situation where I might actually need to supplement with D3? Great question. Well, let me just say this. There's there's nothing more epigenetic that's ever been discovered than vitamin D3. It's the most epigenetically active substance we know of, which means it flips on all the genes that we want that help us heal, recover, grow, develop our bones, keep our bones strong, um, function with a, with a rapidly responsive immune system. All of these things are epigenetic factors. So, for example, if we're in a deep malaise, we don't have any energy, our immune system's malfunctioning, we feel pale, then, you know, then we, and we're not, we're not producing a whole lot of hormones. For example, we got maybe estrogen dominance occurring and then overall all our hormones are low. That's a case where we might want to start thinking about vitamin D3 supplementation. And that's a, that's a way of kind of gauging it. And I think people know that. They kind of intuitively know. I mean, I think the population's been educated enough about vitamin D at this point where people know like, hey, I'm not getting enough sun. My immune system malfunctioning. I'm feeling like, you know, I'm estrogenic, you know, which means that kind of syndrome X can't kind of lose the weight no matter what, kind of stuck in a certain metabolic um, um, creode, as I used to say, or valley, right, where you can't get out of that particular valley of, of metabolism. That's when vitamin D3 becomes a, a really important option. And Dave, a lot of people will go out sunbathing and they'll get a nice glistening type of like oil sweat kind of sheen on their skin. And then they jump in the shower, towel it all off. That's not really what we want to be doing with D3. I've heard from different sources that we want to be, you know, pretty mindful of what we do once we do get that sun exposure that we desperately need. You're asking a great question because one of the things that's been discovered about vitamin D3 is you can wash it off. So if you form good vitamin D3 in your skin, while you're out working out or jogging or just having fun in the sun or at the beach, you can actually wash it off with some of these harsh soaps that are being used and obviously that predominate in the body care world. So what I'd recommend is that, yes, you want to wash under your arms, you want to wash your groin, but don't scrub down your whole body with soap, especially after a good dose of sunlight. That way you're going to get that conversion of the vitamin D3 all the way over into your metabolism because it takes about 48 hours for that vitamin D3 to work from the skin backwards into your metabolism, into your bloodstream. And again, in, in between that time, let's say you immediately go and wash yourself with harsh soaps, you can wash the vitamin D3 off and therefore you could become vitamin D3 deficient simply from scrubbing with harsh soaps. 
the key elements here are get your sun exposure, don't wash it off, make sure that you're able to absorb it. And if you are running into deficiencies, we've got this great new product, the Veggie D3, which is a vegetarian alternative to a lot of the animal-based D3 products out there. So thank you so much, David, for sharing with us your incredible amounts of wisdom and knowledge on this subject. And we look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks so much, Lucian. Have the best day ever. 